0: Are you taking a reactive or proactive approach to your taxes? Do you wait until the year is over and hope for the best when tax time comes around? Is your business taking accurate tax deductions and receiving all the tax credits you deserve? Welcome to the Tax Answers Advisor with Marcelino Dodge. Today, we will answer these questions and many more. So sharpen your pencil and take some notes. Now, here is your host, Marcelino Dodge. Good day, and welcome to show 59 of the Tax Answers Advisor with Marcelino Dodge enrolled agent. Certainly appreciate the broad worldwide audience throughout the US, Europe, and Asia that listens to this podcast about US income taxes for individuals and for businesses, depending on just whoever you are. We are out there to help you. And yes, we post this video on Cash Tracks Financial YouTube page and broadcasting live on the Cash Tracks Financial Facebook page as well at this time. We just love our tax clients. We want to help all to pay as little taxes as possible. We have a mutual exploration session, which an initial session is free, just to check and see if my tax planning and year-round services are right for you individually or for your business. Because our goal, after all, is to help you pay as little tax as possible also, keep in mind, you can contact me at success at cashtraxfinancial.com. Also visit cashtracksfinancial.com We have a free monthly and weekly newsletter to which you can subscribe and get some great tax information right to your inbox. Today, we're going to discuss something that's at the top of everybody's mind right now, and that has to do with. Should an additional 80,000 plus IRS agents be of concern to you? Well, we don't know if this is actually going to happen or not, but it's been passed through the Senate and may pass through the House and get signed by the president. But even if for some reason this does not occur, this is still going to be great information because many taxpayers are either behind on filing their taxes or they owe thousands and thousands of dollars in taxes to the irs in fact there are millions of taxpayers who are in collections with the irs currently there has been a little put off because of the pandemic but yet if you're one of these people that have perhaps have many notices from the irs that are maybe stacked up in your drawer or maybe you're starting to get some because irs collection efforts are starting to ramp up once again that flip, that switch could be flipped and they could be starting to send out notices. I have clients who have been getting some notices of uh, some past due tax bills from 2015 uh, and now 2019 for some recently filed tax returns. So they're gonna start getting out there and collecting this. So are you ignoring these notices? Have you been ignoring these notices? Well, one of the reasons I do this program is to help you to deal with those notices so that yes, we can get that taken care of, help you to take care of those issues on the federal side. And I'm just talking about the federal income tax area. We got 50 states that also have tax rules and tax laws. And if you're in one of the states that does have state income tax, there could be issues there as well. So there's different rules that apply to each state. Well, maybe perhaps you also have had a tax preparer work with you and even give you bad tax advice. And as a result of having a poorly prepared tax return or just maybe a tax return that has been examined that was prepared by not a tax professional, but what I call is a, just simply a tax preparer, someone who just is a seasonal person who's not really there to help you. Or if you go to try to get assistance From them, what they do is complain to you or get upset at you or whatever the case may be, but they do not actually assist you. Or perhaps they put something, which I've had this happen already, and I've been having to work with a client on this new client, is that they put something on a wrong line of the tax return, a line where it just plainly does not belong. And thus, a client is having to repay a tax credit that they should not have gotten in the first place. So always have in mind, have a tax professional. Now I'm talking like either an enrolled agent or a CPA. That's who I recommend that you go to to get your taxes prepared so that they are done right. And you have someone there who is not just available through the tax season, April, up to April of each year, but no, they're there January through December to help you. Perhaps you owe a tax bill and you've received a notice of lien on your property by the IRS or yeah, you've received that and you're like, oh my goodness, I got this notice of lien. What am I supposed to do? Or perhaps you've ignored IRS notices and now you're going to get some sort of levy on your account, which basically means the IRS is now reaching into your account and actually pulling some money. Why do they do that? Well, many times they're doing that because simply you've ignored them. You've not addressed them. You've not returned a letter. You've just gotten the notices, thrown them in the drawer. But a levy often gets a taxpayer's attention. What can be done about the levies if they're taking some money? Well, if there's enough of a hardship there and you work with a good professional to help you, oftentimes those levies or sometimes those levies can be... uh, reduced, because if it does really cause you a financial hardship, the IRS can work with you, but it happens to just get your attention. But let's take a step back here because we think about, as we mentioned earlier, about 80,000 plus potential additional IRS agents. That's going to ramp up collection efforts. And that's could be, I don't know for sure, but it could be on, on every taxpayer. We don't know for sure, but it's always good to take a look at this From your personal standpoint or your business standpoint, and get a good professional on your side. Because if an IRS lien is filed, what happens? Or why was it filed? Well, oftentimes it does happen because of a failure to file tax returns or failure to pay your taxes, either one. And so you need to make sure that if you are failing, if you're unable to pay taxes, because that's the biggest issue that I run into sometimes is people just don't file because, well, I can't afford to pay the tax. Well, that is not good because not only are you hit with non-payment penalties, you get hit with non-filing penalties. And then you haven't started the clock because you haven't filed. So that's why it's important, even if you can't pay the tax, to make sure that you file and start working out something with the IRS. Even if it's just a whatever the minimum you can do for a collection of the tax, the IRS will have a minimum amount that they'll want from you, but you got to at least try. You got to get something. You got to get filed because you got to start that clock ticking because if that clock isn't ticking as far as uh, the statute, then you could really be getting yourself into trouble because you can have billing notices that are being sent. You're not responding to those. And that's why they will reach into your account. That's why they'll file some type of lien on your property. Now, the IRS, when they file this on behalf of the taxpayer, they will, well, they'll be filing to protect their interests as the government. That's why they'll file a tax lien. And if you're not working with a good tax professional, like an enrolled agent or a CPA, it can really get difficult for you. So certainly uh, you have these services that advertise on TV or radio or wherever saying, well, we're going to do this or this or this for you. And they make it sound so simple to get through that process. But in reality, you really need a good tax professional to help you. Because in some of these cases, especially when you have not filed a return, the IRS will file a tax return on behalf of you as a taxpayer. And especially if there's income reporting documents there, for example, a 1099 for like contractor expenses, you did a lot of work for someone, they shoot out a 1099 NEC, which is what it is now, the IRS will turn around and just file a tax return after a period of time and then send you a bill and say, okay, this is how much you owe us. They're using third-party information, once again, W-2s or 1099s to file this. And they're gonna file that so that it's in their favor. Now, that doesn't mean that you cannot go back and file one that is more favorable to you, but it will definitely get your attention. And so what then happens is that they have a tax due. And if you still ignore them, then they'll of course send that that threat to levy. Eventually it it can happen down the road. If you keep ignoring them, these threats to levy to start pulling those money out of your accounts. that's where you got to just pay close attention. And then a final notice eventually is sent, which will require some type of response within 30 days. So then yes, we got to think about that. A lien gets filed and then they can levy, pull money out of your account, which is basic. The rule is do not ignore the IRS. Get someone on your side. That's why I do this program. That's why I offer these services to my clients to be able to help them to navigate through this and get a positive result, or at least the best result that we can based on the facts and circumstances that they have. So then what is an irs lien well we know when we finance a car a house or an rv or whatever it is there's some type of lien filed against that property usually with the uh, county down at the county clerk's office there's a lien filed to protect the interest of the lender of there. which essentially that's what an irs lien is they're filing to protect their interest in it now When an IRS files a lien, that doesn't mean it jumps all the way to the top of all the other liens because you may have a lien on your car. You may have a lien on your house. If you have an RV, you may have a lien on that as well. All filed by the lenders is once again to protect their interest. Now, the IRS is secondary to those liens. And so the lender gets paid, like when you sell your home, many of us now encounter this. Of course, we sell our homes. And for 500000 and if we have a loan of 350000 on it still, well, we don't get the whole 500000 The lender gets gets amount to get them paid off the 350000 that was owed on it. And then we, we can get whatever balance is above that so that their interest is protected. Well, essentially the IRS is similar, but the IRS comes in second on liens on many cases because the IRS, first of all, has to have tax that's been assessed and it's not that that common in experience for the irs in similar manners oh but what happens though is that in fact an irs lien they're not that common as common as you actually think they are but they can happen and see when you ig- spend a long time ignoring billing notices just throwing them in your drawer or whatever using them to do start fires with or whatever you're using the notices for from the IRS. If you're ignoring them, it can cause trouble, especially if uh, you owe more than $10,000. The Internal Revenue Code provides authorization for the IRS to file a notice, to file this lien on property if uh, if you do owe them more than $10,000. Now, When they do file a lien, it doesn't necessarily go on anything in particular, but it covers over all the client assets. Basically, it goes over everything that you have. And they're filing it, once again, to protect the government's interests for the tax when they do file it. When we do do encounter a IRS lien that has been filed, there are some misconceptions that many people have in regards to this. One of these is that You cannot sell an asset, such as your house, because an IRS lien has been filed. Well, simply stated, even if there's an IRS lien filed against you, you can still sell your home. And you're like, well, what? I can still sell my home? Well, yeah, you can still sell your home. Now, what can happen, though, or what will happen is that you sell your home is that your lender will get paid. And then, uh, if the IRS falls in the next area on that, then the IRS will get will get a portion of the proceeds. And then, of course, if there's anything left after the sale of your home, then you would get those proceeds. So, yes, you can still sell your house. You can sell other assets too, like your cars or other vehicles. You can still sell sell those assets. It's just you're not necessarily going to end up with the cash. The cash can end up going to the IRS after other lenders that are could, could very well be of a higher priority than the IRS. Also when we when when you have an IRS lien, there's form the form on there says that it expires as of a certain date. So you got to make sure you, you have that on there and sometimes lenders don't realize that when they look at that when you're trying to sell the home that maybe the IRS lien has expired because the notice of expiration is on the lien. Now sometimes it just depends on the value of the property circumstances may allow the IRS to take the whole value before other lien holders but it just depends on facts and circumstances that go on and that's a common math a common saying in um in IRA in in the tax professional world is facts and circumstances that goes across very broad when it comes on deductions when it comes on income when it comes to just certain rules, facts, and circumstances play a big part uh, in it. And that's the same with IRS liens. Facts and circumstances play a part in that just as well. And so keep in mind that the IRS interest on the property is not the whole property or the amount they have is not what the whole property is valued at. The IRS interest is only what the taxpayer's interest is after other creditors are paid. So basically once again, if you owe the IRS 50000 you sell your house for 500000 you have a loan of uh, 350000 that gets paid off, well, of course, the lender will get their three they will get paid off, and then the IRS interest is just in that $50,000 of what's left. So then they'll get their 50000 to pay off whatever tax they have, that lien filed there, and then you can get what's over and above that. Now, if you do have a lien on your property and you're not sure what to do, uh, what can you do as a taxpayer? Well, there are there's a few options available. You can make offers to collections to, to make sure and get that lien paid so that you can get the lien removed after a period of time by getting whatever the tax amount plus penalties and interest paid. And that is, of course, by arranging payment plans. And it's really good right now because the irs does make it easy to get a payment plan under uh, certain amounts especially in some cases if you owe under 250,000 there are cases where you can basically get an automatic payment plan you just got to be able to do it and get it be consistent with it and stick with it and not uh, not violate the payment plan and perhaps get it canceled so that's just some some thoughts to keep in mind now another option and this is something that you really hear touted a lot by many uh, companies that make these promises on what they can do about IRS uh, amounts owed to the IRS and liens and levies and all these kinds of areas. A lot of companies make promises that, oh, we can get, we can get you reset with the IRS. Well, and they make it sound so simple that I can get done that they just, that makes us just want to pull, pick up the phone and call them. But yet, What they fail to disclose and is that one thing is they're often talking about and what's known as an offer in compromise or an OIC. What taxpayers usually use a taxpayer don't usually realize, and it may not even be explained to you by these companies, is that you have to qualify. And you're like, what? I thought if I just filed it, I would get it. No, you have to have justification to provide or to offer or to be accepted for an offer and compromise. And and it's like, what? Yes. There's certain forms that have to be filled out even before we can determine if you even are an offer and compromise candidate. And so in certain cases, Uh, You may need to sell a property or sell certain items, uh, liquidate certain items to even qualify for an offer and compromise. Because you can see even with with a lien on a property, you can still sell it and you got to have documents to show a legitimate sale of it. But yet all of those are still very important considerations. When we go back in and we take a look at a client and see a client situation looking at their facts and circumstances. As we're talking about, we want to meet with ones to really discuss the options. And first of all, if we determine after after a consultation that you are an individual and meet that could maybe qualify for an offer and compromise, then we got to decide what, uh, what options we can do. Maybe perhaps you are uncollectible based on your facts and circumstances. And so that leaves us as doubt as to collectability even doubt as to liability for it. So you may qualify for an offer and compromise, but yet after we go through all of the information and look at the financials, you may be a candidate for some type of installment agreement to pay your taxes. Yet as we go through these, once again, you must qualify for each of these items. And that's why we just don't want to think about, I'm going to have all these IRS agents coming after me. So I'm just going to go in. I'm going to submit that offer and compromise. Well, once again, as I mentioned, you must qualify for it. It's like, well, wait a minute. I got to qualify for this. How do I qualify for an offer and compromise? While the IRS tax code has one big issue that you have to do, especially if you have unfiled tax returns for several years. Is that before you can even get a uh, collection agreement or a, collect, a collection agreement with the IRS or submit an offer and compromise, you must be tax compliant, which basically means you must file at least six years of tax returns. That's considered tax compliance. So even if you are 10 years, 14 years, 20 years behind, in filing your tax returns, if you file at least the last six years, which essentially would be uh, maybe as far back as 2015 up through now, up through 2021 in this particular case, then you could be considered compliant in your taxes. Now, for example, you may not, and I've had clients like this who may not not have had a filing requirement for certain years because of uh, just the type of income they had or the type of what the type of income they had, or, or just not having enough income to uh, meet the filing threshold. Well, the IRS doesn't know that. And so if you're trying to get an installment agreement or some other type of matter handled with the IRS, you may need to file tax returns for years that you may not have had a requirement to file, but just to get within this tax compliance to be able to settle out maybe a more current year or even an earlier year, you need to get these tax returns filed to do this. And thus that's why we come in and we help you to file these past year tax returns to get that all caught up, to get you the that's usually the first step. See, first we, we sit and we look at you and determine and we go over your information, review the, the financials, because there's a big old long financial statement that has to be completed. We got to go through all of that. And then we also have to take a look, okay, what do you need to accomplish for prior years? Well, you got prior years that haven't been filed. Step one is let's get those tax returns filed. So we go through, we get those tax returns filed. Sometimes those require an additional preparation steps, especially if we're dealing with the business, because uh, I deal with some businesses right now that we're playing catch up on, which means we have to go back and rebuild some, perhaps some financials, go through bank statements. Uh go through what records are available to come up with a, with a profit and loss for the business. And then once that profit and loss is completed, then we can go through and okay, what items, what were the big items that would be subject to depreciation? Maybe some are eligible for bonus depreciation. So we got to just go through this and figure out and get you caught up, get you tax compliant. And then once you are compliant with taxes and have all that caught up for the year, then you could perhaps qualify for an installment agreement, which is maybe the direction where you are based on facts, circumstances, finances being completed. You may not be able to uh, do an offer and compromise, but you may be able to do an offer. I mean, be able to do an installment agreement, and with that, essentially get going, start resolving your tax debt, get it paid off within uh, usually about six years. Get it paid off with the IRS so that you can just pick up and move on with your life. But yet, even with the installment agreement, you get that set up. You got to keep compliant. Got to make your payments so you don't get it. So you don't avoid defaulting on it and then maybe having to restart again or maybe not even have, not even being able to qualify. You want to make sure you keep up on those payments regularly. And while you're doing that, the other uh, requirement What you need to make sure and do is keep all current tax filings current. And if you are in an individual or business that is making or is required to make estimated tax payments, you need to make sure you make those quarterly payments on a regular basis. Because to maintain that state, that installment agreement with the IRS, you got to stay fully compliant, which means not only have the back tax tax returns completed, If you have a current year, you need to make sure and make all of those estimated payments that apply for the current year. And then just keep doing that forward as you continue to make payments on the installment agreement. So keep those points in mind. So once we're tax compliant, and and if we don't qualify for the offer and compromise, we set up the installment agreement. Now, if for some reason we don't or are unable to do an installment agreement, IRS Code Section seven one two two authorizes the IRS to accept a compromise, and this is the area that some businesses advertise. Just makes it sound so easy to get an offer and compromise. What you need to keep in mind is why it's so important to have a good professional working with you on this. Is that as I mentioned, we already review your complete financial situation take a look at where you are take a look at your income what's your income now what's your potential income down the road a few years down the road that helps us to also determine okay uh, are you qualified for an offer and compromise income but then we got to take a look at your assets how much in assets do you have vehicles do you have and this includes everything includes your home It includes uh, vehicles, it includes motorcycles, boats, anything that you have is included in that. So it's basically your whole life has to come out and has to come out in a very detailed manner. And then once we take a look at income, we take a look at assets and we've got to take a look at your monthly expenses. So we look at the assets, but then it also talks about loans on the assets like loans on the home. How much liquidity do you have or how much equity do you have in the home? How much equity do you have in, in your vehicles? Uh, do you have a loan on, uh, on a motorcycle or other or a other type of vehicle or whatever? Those loans, all of that has to be fully disclosed when we're filling out to do an offer and compromise. And you may have to sell some of those assets to pay down that debt. Got to think about that as well. But then also when they come back and take a look at and what you have, uh, they look at retirement accounts. Well, we also take a look at your monthly expenses. I mean, how much, like how much do you pay if you're paying rent? How much are you paying rent? If you have a mortgage, how much do you pay on your mortgage? How much do you have in your car payment? How much do you pay on uh, health insurance, uh, groceries, food, clothing? I mean, there's a, big old long list on the forms that we complete. So it's a very, very detailed and how that is done now. It's also realized, and you need to recognize that not all expenses are allowed. The IRS has a chart of allowable expenses. And with those expenses, they'll, they'll either, some could be higher than maybe what you actually have, which they'll just give you that amount. And some and many of them are are lower or less. So they only allow so much for certain expenses. And if you spend more than that, well, according to the IRS and according to uh, the chart that they have, you need to make some changes. And some of those could be changes in regards to assets or payments on, on boats and vehicles, those kind of things. You may need to get rid of some of those things to be able to even get that. But yeah. Once we go through that whole financial situation and trying to help you to determine that and then seeing if you even are a candidate to make an offer and of compromise, that's how a determination is made as to whether you are a candidate to do an offer and compromise. And then once we have all of that information together as well, we're able to figure, okay, here you are on the federal side, but then where are you on the state? And a lot of these calculations have to be done even before some of the tax returns are filed. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Does, I thought I just said you got to get all these tax returns filed. Well, yes, it is important to get it done, but in some cases, it could be advantageous if you're in a state that has state income tax, it could be to your advantage to actually file the state tax returns before the federal tax returns. Why would we do that? Well, What you're paying the state, if you make a payment agreement with your state and get that established before the federal, what you're paying the state can actually help you in your allowable expenses with uh, the IRS and on the federal side. That's why we may want to do that. Why we got to take a look at the whole big picture and why it's important to try to do this with a tax professional to try to help you really uh, get all of this narrowed down so that, again, you can... Once again, and this is another way of looking at paying as little tax as possible. So that's why I'm talking about this. Once we go through all of all the information, all of your allowable expenses, then we can determine, well, what type of offer do I want to make? Well, once again, all of it depends on facts and circumstances. Perhaps we can do doubt of liability, or maybe it's doubt as to collectability. Or there's another one called effective tax administration offer. We're not really going to touch on that one because those ones are really tough to get and can only occasionally be accepted. But we're going to touch mainly on doubt as to liability and doubt as to collectability, how these come in and how these can affect you or how you can possibly maybe get them accomplished. Doubt as to liability is that one's hard to get too, because basically as the taxpayer, the burden of proof is on you. You're trying to prove to the government that you don't owe these taxes. And this is why. And this is where documentation, as I talk about on so many other programs that I do, documentation, receipts, all of that is just vital, whether you're an individual, and particularly if you're a business owner, a self-proprietor, a corporation, whatever the case may be, you need to be able to prove that. And that's the supporting documents that you have to have when you submit the offer in, which when you submit an offer in to the IRS, it could be, it could be books. It could be several books where you're putting in a cover letter, you're putting in financials, you're putting in uh, other documentation supporting your position, and what you're going to do. So doubt of liability could be very, very tough, but yet it, it's not impossible, but you got to be able to really prove it because the burden is, of proof is on you as the taxpayer. Now, another option is doubt as to collectability. Well, I owe $100,000. I can't afford to pay $100,000. Well, initially, you can say that. But once we go through the financials and look at your, the overall big picture, can you or can you? Well, according to the IRS, that's what we've got to go by is the IRS guidelines that they have. If the IRS guidelines come in and say, well, due to this figure, you are collectible. And then based on, as we go through the financials, we're able to determine, okay, what kind of offer can I make if perhaps I, I can't pay the whole amount, but I can pay some. And according to the financials and according to the charts, the IRS has of the allowable expenses. Uh, and some of it is based on where you live in the country as well. You can possibly get a, uh, a doubtless to collectability offer accepted, but you got to be able to make that offer and be able to prove through the financials and through all of the means as we review those that indeed I cannot full pay, but I can pay this amount. And there's a few different ways that this can be done. A couple of them is that you can lump sum down, which is a lump sum. You can say, okay, I can pay, I have a hundred thousand dollars that I owe, but I can only pay 50,000. And then here's the documentation showing that I can pay 50,000. Well, if that's the type of lump sum offer that you make, then you're going to pay 20% or you're going to pay $10,000 down with the offer. Now, what I haven't mentioned yet is the time. It can take a long time for them to either accept or reject an offer and compromise. We're talking, it can take 12 months or more for these offers to even get accepted or rejected as well. So keep that in mind. So if you're an individual who is making a uh, offer and compromise and you perhaps instead of making a lump sum offer you make a deferred payment offer which basically means you're going to pay pay it down within uh 6 to 24 months you're offering to say okay i'll pay you uh like $2000 a month for 6 to 24 months uh, depending on whatever the amount owed you're making an offer to do that Now, when you do the deferred option, for example, you have to, if you're doing six or 24 months, you have to make payments, make those payments on a regular basis while the offer is being reviewed, which basically means that you could be making 12 months of payments and they could reject the offer. And you're like, wait a minute, I just made 12 months of payments and they rejected my offer. Well, that doesn't mean just because they rejected the offer. And this is true, this is going to be true on whether you do a deferred payment six to 24 months, or you do a lump sum payment, which means you pay 20% down and then pay it in full within five months of it being accepted, is that if the IRS for whatever reason uh, denies or rejects the offer in compromise, which they can do, there is an appeal. You can't take it. There is an appeal option on that, which your tax professional can definitely help you do and what we can work with you on as well. So keep in mind that as we Look at an offer and compromise that it has to be qualified for. There is a complete set of financials that is done and definitely need to uh, highly recommend using a professional, like an enrolled agent like myself, to help you to navigate through this and to get it done. And you will have a much higher success in getting it done or much more likelihood of getting it done. Can't guarantee that will, that it'll be done because once again, we're talking about we're dealing with the IRS. What I would definitely want to recommend though, to everybody out there listening to this program is that it's best just to avoid this situation entirely. Now, many of the people I'm working with currently uh, are taking proactive action. And what do I mean by that? Well, is that they haven't waited for notices from the IRS. They haven't waited for stuff. The IRS to start showing up or to get the federal tax liens done or to, uh, get a levy done, or to have uh, a notice saying you haven't filed tax returns in however many years, for whatever whatever reason these individuals haven't heard from the IRS. But what they're doing though is that we're jumping on these things now. We're jumping on these payroll taxes. We're getting these filed. Of course, some of the delays in hearing from the IRS has to do with the pandemic because of the turnoff of the notices and so on. But I certainly encourage all. Don't wait till we have to take these really drastic measures. If you know you're behind. Get, get you a tax professional now. Get caught up on those because you're going to be far better off. You're going to get those those clocks of ticking on the statutes and limitations so that you can resolve this. And the IRS really prefers if you take proactive action. That way, if these 80,000 plus IRS agents happen to get hiring and going, hey, you've gotten yourself off the radar already. So just keep that in mind. That's what I certainly encourage all to do. So yes, avoid this situation entirely. Jump in. Let's get it taken care of. Find you an enrolled agent or a CPA that works on tax, works on these type of issues, helping you out, get back tax returns filed, help you to get all this done so that you can get caught up before the IRS comes hounding because they'll find you eventually. They usually do. And so I encourage everybody definitely to work on being proactive so that all this can be done in a very timely manner so you can avoid the IRS lien, avoid the IRS levy, get off of the IRS's radar and just, as I say, get into the motion, get partnered, and we're here to partner with you individually or on a business to help you to pay as little tax as possible, hey, basically pay what is essential, and that is one of the uh, one of the IRS's uh, bill of rights. And that there's a bill of rights with the IRS. I've done a program on it a while back that talks about you should only pay as much tax as you actually owe, and you have a right to appeals. Which in these areas here, sometimes you have to go to an appeal hearing to get certain. Uh, tasks accomplished depending on who the IRS agent is. And so as we work around this, what we're going to do is help you to avoid this situation entirely, or if you do fall into these category of having a IRS lien, and IRS levy, or potentially qualify for uh, installment agreement or for a offering compromise, we have to look over all the facts and circumstances of your of your case. And then once we determine what, what course of action to take, then we can figure out, okay, this is what we need to do to help you to get the matter resolved, pay the right amount of tax, and then keep compliant moving forward. That is our goal for everybody we work with to minimize tax liability and thus get a plan in place because We never know what Congress is gonna do. We just have to work with where we are in the taxes, plan for what we potentially can, adjust through the year, meet through the year, um, have a good year round approach and set goals. Not just tax goals, but we can help you set business goals. We can help you to review. Once again, as we look at individual or business, we can, especially individual, you can look at adjusting withholding business. Look at estimated payments for the year. Do we need to make estimated payments? Are we doing all of our payroll taxes? That's a big issue too, which I which I absolutely like to help people to resolve. Payroll taxes. Make sure you get your payroll taxes paid. If you happen to do any of the deferrals in the in the uh, in what was offered through the pandemic, got to look at the potential of getting starting to make payments on those as well, so that you don't fall into basically getting behind. And then, of course, keep in mind, most of this we work on through virtual preparation. Yes, I do vir- virtual tax preparation to help you, uh, no matter where you live in this country, we help you to solve your tax issues and to be able to get it done. Video interviews. Uh, if you want to meet in person, we can make those arrangements as well, depending on location. CashTracksFinancial.com has uh, a ton of information Uh Uh, earlier versions of this program as well, Uh, ability to look up some tax information there. We have some very good uh, information in our client resources area for you. You can always contact me directly. It's success at cashtracksfinancial.com. You can call me at 844-394-4287. And while you're at cashtracksfinancial.com, I encourage you Sign up for our newsletter. We don't spam or share your information with anybody. You can sign up, you can get the newsletter on a monthly basis. You can get it on a weekly base, on a weekly basis as well. But if you just want a monthly, you can just click the box that says I just want it monthly. We're happy to share that with you so you can get some valuable tax information. And then, of course, give me a call. Again, that's 844 394 4287 Happy to talk to you, give you initial visit there just to see if our services will work for you or if you're looking at an area where you are possibly have an issue, where maybe you have a back tax due, overdue tax returns. We're here for you to help solve that so that you do not need to worry about 80,000 plus IRS agents potentially come knocking on your door. I thank you for your time today. I'm so grateful you chose to listen to the Tax Answers Advisor with Marcelino Dodge on the Voice America Business Channel. Thank you for listening to the Tax Answers Advisor with host Marcelino Dodge. We'll be back again next Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll have more to share next week.